0: Hey, Jay Calloway here, Pastor of the Gate, and I want to welcome you to the Crowd to Core Weekly Podcast, where you can learn to walk in faith, favor, in a future that is out of this world. Our prayer for you today is that you will be convicted, challenged, and changed in Jesus' name as you continue in this adventure from the crowd of the world into the core of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Hope you enjoy the message. Well, over the last few weeks, we've been talking about this brand new year and talking about that our, our theme and our, our word for this year is produce. And I wanna talk to you today about the permanency or the permanent production. I wanna talk to you about a, a production or a produce that will last, that remains, that is forever. You know, our key scripture that we've been talking about is Deuteronomy chapter eight and verse 18. And how many have your Bibles? Say yes. If you don't, say oops. We'll get your Bible out and turn with me, if you would, to that passage scripture. And some of you may have already been committing it to me- memory, but I want you to—I want to I say it and and repeat it with you today, as it says there. But remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce. Now I want to talk to you today again about this permanence, this. Uh, production or the pr- produce that will last. You see, we have been given this opportunity to be productive people, and I believe that this year the gate is going to produce more than we've ever produced in a, in, in the history. I believe that there are books to be written. I believe that there are classes to be taught. I believe there are songs to be sung brand new i believe there's poems and 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 there's dances that are going to come out of this brand new year and there's going to be a production of fruitfulness and it's going to be things that will last not things that will just go by the wayside not just something that will go out there but will truly truly last and i just want to encourage you with that and and there's a passage of scripture that i've that i've come across that we've used many many times and as a child of God, I believe this is the, uh, is the uh, passage of Scripture that's a crux that promises to us that we are going to have a, a fruit, a fruitfulness, a produce, that we're going to be having productivity that will remain even long after we're gone. Have you ever thought about that? As a child of God, you're only going to be given so many days on this earth. In fact, the Bible says that your days are already numbered. I don't know about you, but that's kind of um, a little ominous to me that God already knows how many days I'm going to stay on this earth. And we can't count those days. In fact, can I just encourage you, if you're feeling a little bit discouraged or down, can I, just, can I maybe give you a little bit of a thought that maybe the reason you're discouraged or down is because you're trying to look too far into the future. You're trying to figure out too many things out there, that God has not given you the strategy or the roadmap to get to, to work out. He simply wants you just to figure out working today because he even says there in his, in his word that we are not given uh, the promise even of tomorrow, that we shouldn't worry about tomorrow, that we have enough, it literally says that because today has enough trouble of its own. So I wanted you to think about that today. But as we do as a child of the Most High God, I want you to say it like you mean it and believe it today, that we're gonna have favor and a future. We're gonna have faith and we're gonna walk strong and tall, but say it with me like you mean it and believe it. Today, I am a child of God. I have faith to move mountains, favor from the King of Kings, and a future that is out of this world. My foundation is the Word of God. My walk is sure, my talk is confident, my attitude is like Christ. Today, I will hear the word of God. Today, I will do the will of God. Today, I will be convicted, challenged, and changed in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you believe it? Praise God. Turn to somebody next to you and say, I believe it for you too. Give them a high five too, all around you. If you're just here by yourself, I want to just, you know, just slap your own hands and give yourself a high five. I also want to encourage you to continue sharing this post. I want to encourage you hub leaders to begin encouraging you to invite others in your hub. You know, there's nothing there, there's nothing worse than a church or a group of people that get so inbred into themselves that we're not inviting others to be around to guide guide them, and because that's that's what we're all about is to share this wonderful wonderful word, this gospel message that we have. So I, w- I mentioned to you before that we have this uh, passage of scripture that I've come across that that we've done for many uh, many years. We've used this passage, but I want to bring it out in an idea of, of giving us produce, permanent produce. It says there in John, the 15th chapter, verse 16, you did not choose me. Now, I want to take a pause for a moment. I wanted to just think about that for a moment. Do you remember when you were a young kid in the um, schoolyard? Maybe you were in fifth grade or fourth grade. Maybe you were in sixth or seventh grade. And you went out for recess um, and, and you were, you, you would get into these teams and they would have, uh, you know, red Rover, red Rover send Rosie on over or whatever the name might be, whoever we we're doing it. And you would pick teams. Maybe you were in gym class or maybe out on the, in the schoolyard in the after, after school time. And you would get in together and you had these two captains and they would pick and they would choose. Can I tell you? <clears throat> this is kind of the picture of that. Now I got to be honest with you. I was when I grew up, I was the kind of kid that was always picked last. I was never picked first unless I was the captain and that was very few times. But I can remember the day where the the captain of the uh, of the team, he looked over and he goes, "Hey, I want Callaway." And there was something so like, "What?" And I looked around and there was a whole bunch of other people around, and something he saw in me. I don't remember if it was kickball or if it was if it was kick the can or whatever it was, it doesn't matter. But the captain of the team picked me. He said, "I choose you. Come, get over here, Calvin. Like, can I tell you something? You might be sitting out there thinking like nobody cares about me. Nobody, cares, you know, what have I? What can I provide? What can I be productive in? I, I, I don't. I can't produce anything. Nobody's going to look at me. Nobody's going to. Can I tell you that this passage of scripture is the most encouraging?" passage of scripture out there, simply for this one reason, is because it is Jesus speaking to his disciples and then really ultimately to all humanity. And if you don't think anybody's choosing you, I want you to hear that again. You didn't choose me, but I have chosen you. And then he goes on and says, and I have commissioned you. In other words, he says, I have chosen you. I want you to be on my team. Now, I don't know about you, but that just sends chills down my spine to think that the omnipotent creator, the Alpha, the Omega, the, the, one, the first and the beginning, the author of man's first breath, the one who formed, the one that was with Daniel in the lion's den and on the water with Peter. He was, in the, he was in the fiery furnace with the three Hebrew children. He literally says to you, I am the author and the finisher of this game we're in and I choose you to be on my team. Wow, that's amazing. And not only have I chose you, but I've also anointed you, appointed you, commissioned you, I've put within you something that will cause you to be productive. That's literally what this passage of scripture means. It says there that he says, you didn't choose me, but I have chosen you and commissioned you to go into the world and bear fruit. Now last week we talked about that promise productivity that we would be fruitful and that we would go out and there would be promotion and there would be there would be uh partnership we talked about the the young men that were given uh, the five thousand dollars and the two thousand dollars and the one thousand and how upset the master was when he sat there and realized that one just left and kept it hidden but the one that risked the most is the one that received the most even from the one that didn't, wasn't productive at all. Now I want you to think about this for a moment. He says there that I want you to have, be fruitful. I want you to have produce. I want you to be productive in your life. And then he goes on and here's the three words that or the four words that I want you to listen to. He says, your fruit will last. Your fruit, your produce, your productivity, your mark on this earth will last. Your relationships will last. Your righteousness will last. The way that you conduct yourself, the words that you speak will last. The things that you pour into your children will last. When you wake up in the morning and then you lay your head down at night, what you do between those hours will last. How you, can, how you speak into the future of your family, how you speak into the, into the conversation of your companies will last. In other words, the way that you live your life is permanent. And even though there'll be a day when we lay this old body down, and it's like Paul says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. The things that you accomplish in this life The things that you strategize in this life will last beyond you. We say it every single Sunday, whenever I bless you, I say to you, I say, and may your children be blessed to the thousandth generation as you raise them up in the ways that they should go according to the word of God. That's permanent produce. That's permanent productivity. Oh, I will, I tell you, there's been days where I go back in my mind, and there were times where we were walking through England, and there was an opportunity that Vicky and I had to spend a few days in England with some very good friends and ministers, ministers, uh, friends of ours, and they were taking us through some areas. One of those areas is that we got to go to Buckingham Palace, and as we were walking through that, we were there at the end of the day, and, and the place had already closed down, and a friend of ours had walked up to the guard and he was all decked out in his in his regalia and everything else. And he said he says, Hey mate, you gotta let these folks in. They came from all the way from America. And I said, and knew my friend's name was Adam. I'm like, Adam, leave leave that man alone. He doesn't want we didn't just come here. And he goes, No, mate, mate, you gotta let these friends in. They gotta let my friends in because they are all the way from America and they came here just to see this palace. So the man let us in and we walked through the courtyard. And he walked with us and as he did, he began to share things with us. He began to share about how this section of the building was built almost a thousand years ago. He began to share with us about that section that had burnt down and they had to rebuild it. You see, there was something about their productivity, their buildings, that when they built them, they last for a 1,000 years or more. Can I tell you, the, the builder of that, of course, has long been gone. He passed away, he died, but what he built lasted. Our nation is barely over 250 years old or so, and we're still, and, and, and our buildings begin to crumble. You see, there is a mindset that when you build or when you produce and be productive, you need to build such a solid foundation. There needs to be some components in your life that when you build it will, and when you produce, there will be something that will last, that there will be a fruit that will remain long after you're gone. You see, I think it's so important for us to understand that every morning we wake up, we have the opportunity to put into this life something that will last beyond us. There are visions and dreams. I believe there are books and songs. There are things that are inside of us that if we don't let them out, they will die with us. There are things that God wants to unleash on, these, on humanity that is deep in our hearts, every single one of us and yet the many times we cower in the corner or we just sit back and and and, and be, are afraid in this in the ways that no one will listen to us we don't have anything but remember what i started with he chose you there is no reason to be afraid of the creativity. There's no reason to be afraid of man because the captain of the team has already chose you. He's already put you on the team and he's placed you in the position that you're to play on the team. So when there's things that begin to come out of you, when there's things that begin to come, that means the captain is calling on you to batters up. He's calling on you to carry the ball. He's counting on you to jump and spike it down onto the enemy's, into the enemy's camp. You see, that is what having fruit that will last, having a permanent produce actually means, is that you're going to take that which the captain has chosen you for and put it into practice. But how does that work? What needs to be inside of us to be able to produce a a fruitfulness or a produce that will last, a permanency? I believe there's three things. There's three components. Number one, there's righteousness. Number two, there's relationship. And number three, there's religion. You see, the first point, the first components, and maybe the foundation of everything that we have is simply righteousness. You see, there's a passage of scripture that says there, in, the, in James, the first chapter, verse 27, it says there, if you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. You know, there's a lot of talking heads out there. There's a lot of ministers out there. There's a lot of churches going on and people are claiming to have the answer. But too many times it's just simply talk. You see, the reality of righteousness is not about what, is not about what goes on on the outside. The righteousness is about what goes on the inside. John Maxwell said that the very first level of leadership is self-leadership. That if we can't lead ourselves, if we can't put the, put, put the identity of ourselves in check, then we can't lead anybody else. We, there is nothing that will last within us. You see, I believe that the first thing that happens is that we must, be, uh, we, we must li- be completely consumed with who we are, be with our identity. I think it's interesting that the world is trying to redefine our identity. They're trying to redefine our identity in, in, in areas of gender, in areas of ethnicity, in areas of, of, of that causes all kinds of confusion. But when God, when Jesus says, I choose you, you didn't choose me, what he's saying is, is, I'm choosing you because you're on my team. I know who you are. I knew who you were when you were in your mother's womb. He says there in Psalm 139, that I have formed you and I have made you. Can I tell you, he took nine, he took seven days to create the world and the earth, but he took nine months to form you in your mother's womb. He took the intricacies of, of, the, of birth And took the time to form every single way that you think, every single way that you speak. You see, because he says, you are my child and I am your father. That identity is so important that we must be convinced, convinced and convicted that we are a child of the most high God. And that righteousness, that inner productivity is what that is. You see, the righteousness comes and first starts here. It begins to be on that inside, that inner productivity, that we will stand strong and we will stand with conviction. We will stand with integrity, both the kind of integrity that matches the outside, but then there's another kind of integrity as well. And that is the the strength of the integrity of like the hull of a ship. It was said of the Titanic, when the Titanic sunk, it says that it's in, that the integrity of the whole was compromised. Now, a lot of times we look at the idea of integrity as just matching, that as long as I say in private what I say in public, and that matches the, in, the private and the public area, then I have integrity. But there's another term that integrity means, and that is strength. That no matter what comes our way, we will not, we will not cave. You see, that means it has to be filled with something. If you take a Coke can or a Pepsi can or whatever you prefer to drink in a can and you you take that can and it's sealed and it's filled up full, you can take your weight and stand on that can and it will not, it, it won't crush. But if you open that can and you pour everything out and that can is just empty, the lightest weight can just crush that aluminum can all the way down simply because there's nothing inside. You see, the integrity of the, uh, of the inside, the integrity of the whole of the ship or the integrity of the, of, our, of the whole of our body, if you would, our spirit determines on what's on the inside of us. And if we're going to truly produce permanent fruit, permanent production, And we're going to have that out there we must be filled with the spirit of god we must be filled with his conviction we must be filled with his words filled with his spirit the bible says there to be filled with the spirit that word literally means to be so filled with the spirit that anybody comes up alongside of you they get some on them that it's overflowing Psalm 23 ends with there that my, cu- that surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. But it starts right up above that and says He fills my cup to overflowing. My cup will be filled and it flows over and over. In other words, He just keeps filling that cup up. You see, if we're going to have that righteousness inside of us, if we're going to have inner productivity and we're gonna be able to lead ourselves, we must first fill ourselves with the Spirit of God. But then there's that outer productivity, the things that goes outside of us. And that outer productivity literally means that we're gonna put people around us, we're gonna have relationships. Oh, I pray that after I am dead, that there are many, many, many people that will come along, possibly at my funeral, or possibly at a memorial, or maybe someday just go and visit my tombstone someday. Or call up Vicky if I go before her, or call my kids up someday and say, "Hey, listen, I was just thinking about the relationship that I had with your dad. I was thinking about the relationship you had, I had with your Papa Jay. I was thinking about the relationship that you had with your best friend. I was thinking about that, and I got to be honest. There's not a day that goes by that I didn't. I'm not living a, a better life. I'm not living a better way simply because he lived on this planet." Oh could you imagine in living in such a way that you put yourself under submission to some Pauls in your life that you there's some men and women that are along that have gone on further maybe have a little bit more gray hair than you do a few more wrinkles that maybe things that their their walk is a little bit slower because they've ran so hard all of their life and they're coming down to those eight those days and they've they've they, you've taken time and said you know what I want to go sit on the, on the porch with them. I wanna rock in the chair with them for a little bit. And I wanna hear the stories. I wanna to be told some things. I wanna be admonished by some older men. I wanna be, be encouraged by some older women that will come along that have, the, that, that have some things down pat that I don't already have. Oh, could we have some relationships with some people that are around us, that are our that are, are contemporaries, that we're running alongside with, that we're not by ourselves, that there's like brothers sharpening, that iron sharpens iron, that it's just like the passage scripture that says how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together. Oh, we need some fathers in our lives, but we also need some brothers that were willing to look at us and saying, what's wrong with you? What's up with you? Kind of slap us on the back of the head maybe a little bit and say, come on, let's get up here. That we're running the same pace. We're running the same race. We may run it different. We may not have the same gait in our step, but we have that same, that same focus. But then we also have those that maybe we're the ones that are walking a little bit slower. And some of the young bucks are coming up behind us. That we open up our front porch and we get to make sure that there's a rocking chair beside us, maybe that we make sure that our home is open to a hub like we have, and that we are trying, we're wanting to get some of the next generation coming in. Oh, well, can I tell you, my life has been so full over the last few months, as I've been spending time with our young people. Vicky and I have been spending those days and, and building relationships with, with kids that are, that are even our grandkids' age, and being able to handle that in just a few years older. And I'm so encouraged about the future of the church of Jesus Christ. I'm so encouraged about the future of the gate because I'm going to tell you something. There's some Timothys in my life coming up that they're willing to walk with an old man named Paul or maybe Papa Jay. That they're willing to walk in and say, hey, I want to walk with you. But can I tell you that that's that influence that you have. That's the influence that you have around. But your influence will always match your integrity. We say it at the very end of every time that we have a blessing is that may you be, may you be an influencer in this world and not be influenced by this world. But you need to still be influenced. You need to be influenced by some Pauls you need to be influenced by some Barnabases. You may need to be influenced by some Timothys that will hold you accountable, that will come alongside of you, that will begin to spur you on to greatness and maybe even be the one that they pass the baton to you to carry on the anointing you have. I heard one man say that the anointing never leaves the planet never leaves the earth. It's just when one person goes on and goes and graduates into uh, into eternity. Their, their anointing lands on somebody else. It's an Elisha and Elijah type of thing. It's a, it's a Moses to, to Joshua type of thing. It's a Paul to Timothy type of thing. And can I tell you, we're living in a society right now that if we're gonna have fruit that's gonna be permanent, if we're gonna have permanent productivity, we're gonna need to have righteousness inside of us and we're gonna need to have a relationship coming out of us, but we need to have religion going up from us. And the reality is simply this, that religion simply says, you know your focus, you know where to look, you need, you know how to stay focused. The Bible says there, I brought it up a little bit earlier ago that James 1, 26 says, if you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, oh, can I tell you, every one of us should have a little bit of a conviction on that. We all have that, that, that desire to, to say things that we ought not say, to, to spew out some things that we might not should spew out. But it says there, if you don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the Father means caring for the orphans and caring for the widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Simply put, is this? Simply put, is this? Is that when it says they're to care for the widows, when it says they're to care for the orphans, that idea of caring for that that can be termed as caring for the homeless, caring for those that are disenfranchised. There's a passage of scripture in the Old Testament that says, um, "What is the will of God? Is to love justice, to act justly, to walk humbly, and to love mercy." That is the true will of God. And it's found right in here, is that we will, be, we will walk as, as people with justice in our hearts. We won't let the world con- contaminate us with, with the injustices, with the things that go on. But then those that are orphans, literally the word orphan means fatherless. The ones that don't have fathers in their lives. The ones that don't have that, that next generation, that, that pr- previous generation pouring into them. The ones that don't have that that widow that has been left because with with maybe a family around her, but she's all alone. That widow is is the disenfranchised, but they're alone. They're by themselves. And can I tell you? What God is saying to each one of us is that that is the foundation of our religion, but it's our focus. I've seen many people care for the homeless. They, I've seen people feed the homeless. I've seen people, I've seen churches go out and do all of this kind of stuff. And the accolades are wonderful and everybody's going on. I've done it, I've put it out there. And, and we with our social media, we're wanting to make sure that everybody knows that all of these things are done. But can I tell you, why are we doing it? Is it simply because so that we can get our attaboys and we can simply get this? No, it's simply for one reason, is because Jesus Christ is the foundation of our relationship is the foundation of our righteousness he's the foundation of our religion we do it for Christ and if nobody knows if the right hand doesn't know what the left hand's doing if you're doing it in behind closed doors and the only thing that you're concerned about is that you are doing it because Jesus did it you see we don't do these things to go to heaven we do these things because our best friend is in heaven his name is Jesus and he's calling us there you see permanent productivity Simply is the foundation of walking with the king of kings and the Lord of lords If we're going to truly be productive We've got to understand that that fruit that will remain is knowing that he chose us That he commissioned us He has called us to go and that that fruit that will last will be right there and then whatever we ask of the father So I want to ask you today. What do you need to ask from God? Is it salvation? Is it righteousness? Is it a relationship? Is it something that you wanna be able to give out? There's nothing wrong with asking God to bless you financially and bless you with with friendships and provision and all of these things simply because He knows your heart. Is that you're gonna use all that He's given you, everything, to go out and produce permanent fruit. To walk out and be productive in things that will always last. But the only way to do that is to have the foundation of Jesus Christ in you. And if you don't have that today, can I just encourage you that the Bible is very clear. He's already chosen you and all you have to do is accept it. You know, I was if I was sitting on that, if I sit on that playground and that captain looked at me and says, hey, Calloway, get over here. And, she's, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I'm not the last one on the play- I'm not the last one here. And he's going to look at you. Can I just tell you? He's already done that. If I would've sat there going like, no, that's okay. I'll just sit back here and act cool and aloof. At one point, that captain is just gonna say, okay, fine, forget it. And there's gonna be a day where it's gonna be too late. The captain is choosing you today. He's calling on you today. He's saying, come on, join my team. Get over here. I'm gonna show you how you you can live forever on this earth simply by the way you live. That when you lay this whole body down, and you graduate into heaven with me. You, whatever you do on earth is going to remain. And it's going to be picked up by your offspring. It's going to be picked up by your kids and grandkids and everything else. But the only way to do that is commit your life to Christ. I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer with me. But here's, here's, what, I, here's, here's what I want to say to you. If you are here and you're saying, I want that. I want that. I want that, that kind of that, that life. I want him to choose me and I want to accept it. Just, just say this, say this, I, choose me, choose me, choose me. And we'll know that you're picking out, that you're, you're accepting the captain picking you today. And then pray this prayer with me all over this place. Say, Lord Jesus, today I pick you. Today I answer your call. I believe that you are the son of God and that God raised you from the dead. And just as you have chosen me, I choose you, and I will, I will produce fruit that will last forever. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, listen, if that was you today, can I just say that you are the, that God has called you, and he has, he has um, bestowed upon you all that it is. He's already commissioned you. He's already walked you and said, hey, I want you to go and produce fruit that will remain forever and ever. And we want to walk with you in that. But as we go, I want to just bless you. Vicky and I, we just love you so much, and we're praying that God is going to give you all that, that He He wants you to have so that you can be all that He's called you to be. So I just invite you to re- uh, stretch your hand toward me as I bless you today. I bless you and your families, your finances, and your friendships. I bless you and your families that your marriages would be lighthouses in your neighborhood and all around. I bless you and your children that, you, uh, that they would be... Uh, Blessed to the thousandth generation as you lead them and raise them in the ways that they should go according to the word of God. I bless you in your finances that you would have more than enough to pay your bills, to pay them on time, and that you would be faithful in your generosity in, in biblical stewardship. I bless you now in your friendships that you would be the head and not the tail, the top and not the bottom, and that you would be the influencer in this world and not be influenced by it. Now, go in Jesus' name and be a blessing to all around you. Have a great, great day. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Crowd to Core podcast. We believe this message has inspired you, convicted, and challenged and changed you in Jesus' name. And we invite you to partner with us as we reach out and continue to reach out with the message of moving from the crowd of the world into the core of the kingdom of Jesus Christ to all of those around you and around the world. We ask that you visit thegateonline.net slash giving to be a part of this incredible outreach to reaching those for Jesus Christ. Thank you so much. We love you, we appreciate you, and may you have a great, great day.